Hello and welcome to Corbett's Comments. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as I share biblical exposition and commentary. I truly believe that God's Word is one of our greatest helps as we live for Him in the world today. And so like the psalmist, let us agree to hide His Word in our hearts that we may not sin against Him. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett. And today I want to share a word about Christmas is the gift that keeps on giving as I comment on Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This passage reads, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You know, a big part of Christmas is the giving and receiving of gifts. You know, but some aspects of Christmas gifts have been lost over the years. Take, for example, the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. What we miss about that song is that the first day of Christmas, from the perspective of that song, is actually Christmas Day. The song actually follows an old custom in some Christian churches of giving gifts during the entire season of Christmas, which extends almost two weeks past Christmas Day. Now, if you added in the season of Advent before Christmas, from which we get the custom of Advent calendars, we actually see a season of giving gifts which lasts well over a month. <laughs> That sounds like it would be financially ruinous. Truthfully, Christmas is a gift that keeps on giving. What we see here is a model of our whole lives there in Matthew chapter 2. We receive from God the baby Jesus, and we return to him gifts, in this case gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The giving of gifts at Christmas is not just a seasonal event. In fact, Receiving from God and returning to blessings to Him must be an all-year-long activity. Truly, Christmas is the gift that keeps on giving. And today I want to speak about some very specific areas 
which we receive from God and which we need to return our blessings to him after we receive them. First, we receive and return life. John 1, 1 through 5 tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was the life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, God is the author of all life. He created this world for us as an expression of his love. It all belongs to him, and yet he has given it to us. Psalm 50 says that the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to God. I like to say not only the cattle on a thousand hills, but the hills, the gold under the hills, the oil under the gold under the hills, all of it belongs to God. Sadly, we receive life from God, but we have returned death. Adam and Eve rejected God's blessings, and each and every human continues to do just that. We've ruined God's creation, and we've spoiled it. We have all sinned. Imagine, what if someone borrowed your new car and then trashed it? How would you respond to them? What would that do to your relationship? We trashed God's wonderful creation, yet God did not give up on us. In fact, he doubled down on his investment. He sent to us his uniquely begotten son to save us, and he continued to give to us despite our rebellion. In fact, he has given us the ability to overcome our rebellion. Our only proper response is to return life to him. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Colossians 3.3 says, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And now the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our very best gift to God is ourselves. This is why God uses marriage as an analogy for our relationship with him and his relationship to the church. Next, what we need to see is we receive and return relationship. John 1 goes on to tell us in verses 12 through 14, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've received his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. You know, sadly, we often treat God the way we treat our families. You know, we have to work to support our families and we also have to work to support our churches and our ministries. Work, however, is no substitute for relationships. One study showed that for every additional $10,000 made by a father in a year, the time spent with their children decreased by five minutes each day. We're so busy doing, we have no time to be with each other. Like the couple I once knew who was always at church, at church but later divorced. Now, can you imagine it? 
God's desire is to relate to us. God came to the garden and he walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. God met with Moses on the mountain and Moses' face shone. God hid Elijah in the cleft of the rock so that he could reveal himself to us and to him. This, however, was not enough. Jesus came as a baby and lived among us and he gave us the right to become children of God. How powerful is this truth? I am often amazed by the fact that my wife wants to relate to me and she loves me. I often just think, wow, <laughs> how blessed I am. And yet how much more powerful it is that God wants to come into my life and your life and to be with us. Our response must be to return that relationship to God. We must converse with him and share our lives with him. Children love to hear grandfather's stories, even when they've heard them all, because they love to spend time with them, and we need to spend time with him, with God. We need to spell love, T-I-M-E. If God came all the way to your house to visit you, wouldn't you want to spend time with him? Well, he has, and we should. We also receive and return spiritual gifts. Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 tells us, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, since God is a spirit, he also gives us spiritual gifts. Now, we must remember that talents are not spiritual gifts. I once knew a welder who told me that he was so good at being a welder that he could weld the crack of dawn if I could hold it for him. Now, that's a natural talent, but the word gifts here is not in the original text. In fact, the original verse said, now concerning spiritual things, or concerning spirituals, literally. Yet even the issue of spirituality involved receiving gifts. We know these as spiritual gifts, and they're found in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Now, by giving us these spiritual gifts, God empowers us to do things in ministry and, and in life that we can't do in our own power. Every Christian has at least one of these, and they vary in the way they are manifested. None is more important than the other, and each gift is to be used for God's blessing and also for the blessing of God's people. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says very succinctly, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So do you see that pattern? God gives us a blessing and we use it and we're blessed by it. We use it to bless others and to build God's church. And then we return it to God as we cause his people to bless him. We've been given tremendous gifts and talents by God and we must return these to him by using them in his church, in his ministry, and our relationship with him. Finally, we receive and return the world. Our perspective is really too narrow. We tend to focus on the things at hand, just like mules with blinders on them, seeing neither left nor right. This, this can cause a, a dreadful, terrible paralysis in our lives, the way a jet fighter wingman can follow his leader into the ground blindly. We must realize that we're part of a huge ministry enterprise. 
2 Peter 3, 9 tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. The Great Commission, which we know so well, is great because the task is huge. God wants all people in all places to come to him. He wants to eradicate all sin and all darkness, and he wants each, he wants each of us to have a part in that work. And we need to take ownership of our responsibility. We didn't ask for the responsibility, yet we must step up to the plate. If we don't, someone might die and go to hell that didn't need to. God deserves our best efforts as we fulfill his part in his global plan. In conclusion, Christmas really is the gift that keeps on giving. Because Jesus came to us, we can receive from God and return to him life. We can receive from God and return to Him relationship. We can receive from God and return to Him spiritual gifts. And we receive from God and return to Him the world. Are we giving as good as we're receiving? We should be. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon to comment on more scripture that we can consider together to help us in our everyday lives. Every blessing, I'm Dr. Otis Corbett.